<laughs> we are live. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rufino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. It's been a little bit of, a, of some time since we've been at AYS. <laughs> since we've been able to do a show, we've done a couple of uh, Rufino and Joe shows covering the SEC and college athletics, college football. But it's really good to be back here tonight covering the LSU Tigers. But unfortunately, the LSU Tigers lost to Florida tonight in college basketball, men's college basketball, 67-56. to Castleton for Florida went 3 of 6 from field goal, 12 of 15 from the free throw line, having 18 total points. K.J. Williams had 23 points, 8 of 20 shooting, not that great. 6 of 8 from the free throw line. So, look, this team is just a little bit um, a little bit aggravating to watch at times. Started off hot. Then the first conference game for Matt McMahon taking down number 9 Arkansas and now losing the last two in conference play and this recent one to Florida. So, we'll touch on that later on tonight. Yes, I see Wade McBride's comment. Um College baseball is around the corner, I think, less than 30-some-odd 30, 30 days until college baseball technically tees off. So that's going to be really fun uh, once the LSU Fighting Tigers hit it. But we also got to cover some basketball. But you know, as we always do here on AYS, we're going to be talking some football as well. Rafino's Ranch, Georgia. I, I guess we can just say that we will kick it off with the Rafino's Ranch here tonight as Georgia wins the national title, taking down the TCU Horned Frogs, 65-7. A lot of people saying that that team and this team in 2022 for Georgia was better than 2019 LSU. No, it was not. We'll touch on that. LSU continues to go into the transfer portal. J.K. Johnson, also along with Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse, who was once a freshman All-American. We'll touch on some of the things. And some other things. We'll touch on them adding or adding those pieces. We'll also touch on what LSU is trying to, and attempting to do uh, moving forward. Like we do every Tuesday and Thursday, we will not be live this Thursday as I'll be in a wedding in Florida. We'll have a rehearsal then on Thursday and the wedding on Friday. So we have tonight and tomorrow. So finally coming out of all this holiday and, and, and stuff, uh, <laughs> got had a lot of things going on. So this should be the last week, and then we'll be back to the regular schedule five days a week and changing of the guard with Georgia. We'll touch on that as well. So a lot to get into fire inside your questions, um, fire inside any questions, thoughts, concerns that you have, and we'll get to as many of them as we can. Brian Williams starts off the comments tonight saying NIT. Here we come. If we can even make the NIT Dwayne official says Blake's podcast five years ago, he was so nervous. Yeah, I mean, you try to do 600 episodes. See how you feel. Um, I mean, the first one was nerve-wracking. Roderick Dugas says, hey, we back, baby. Yes, that we are. Brandon Reese on YouTube says, we knew this team wasn't going to be that good this year anyway. Might as well just get ready for baseball. We'll see. We'll see. Michael Blanco says, Miller couldn't hit the, the back of the barn tonight. No, he couldn't. I, I think that he had one of his worst games. You know, a lot of people said that he was going to have, you know, he was going to be a game breaker and, you know, he was going to lead this team in scoring, but he's really, uh, really struggling. Adam Miller tonight went two of 12. He went one for eight from three. That's not going to cut it. Like, I, I know you had some guards out tonight, but that's not going to cut it. If he's going to shoot that poorly, you might have to find a way to get somebody else in there. You might have to sit him. You might have to see him. He's He's been that bad. Holden Lee says, so we should only talk about women's basketball, LOL, uh, thing we're talking about. Yes, the LSU women's basketball team, uh, obviously, if you if you missed it, now in the top five, first uh, fastest start that they've had, I think, I think, what was it, ever, Zach? The fastest start that they've ever had going 16-0, now they're in the top five. Kim Mulkey and company are absolutely killing it. Um, but she's doing exactly what she said she was going to do. She said she was going to come in here and she was going to clean up and, and recruiting. And she was going to win a lot of games, and that's what she's doing. Larry Saint said, what happened to the team that beat Arkansas? Well, they left the building. 
Barrett Granger says, you think it's a depth problem or a talent problem? Which part are you talking about? You talking about this team? Talking about this team? Yeah. Uh, Zach says, no Cam Hayes tonight really hurt. Yeah, it did hurt. I mean, and, and look, when Adam Miller goes uh, 2 of 12 from the field, 1 for 8 for 3, you're not going to win many games, man. I mean, that's just a, that's just the truth. That is just a 1,000% truth. You're not going to win many games when you do stuff like that. And, and truthfully, we got to be honest. Um, I, I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but he's been kind of bad, man. I mean, he, he, he's been somewhat, somewhat pretty putrid. Um, let's see if he can work out of it, though, and, and get his shot back. So it will be fun. It'll be fun. Um, Claude says, I agree with you on Miller plus his turnovers. Yeah, I don't know how many turnovers he had tonight. Let me go check. Um, he, I don't know what that even is. <laughs> uh, Miller had three turnovers. LSU just had, just going crazy with the turnovers. That's another thing. They had 16 turnovers tonight. Uh, Trey Hannibal had four turnovers. Uh, Justice Hill had three. Uh, and, on uh, and Fountain had three. So, I mean, when you have that many turnovers too, and you're giving them, uh, more possessions and more times to the basketball, you're going to lose a lot of games. I mean, it's like any sport when you have turnovers or you commit errors on the diamond, it's not going to go well for you. It's just not going to go well for you, but we will start off with football here tonight. And trust me, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's get this thing rolling though. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share so many of you. Listening to us live right now here on Facebook. Do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media pages and all of those social media groups. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell. If you're listening to us on the TuneIn app, SiriusXM, or you're listening to us anywhere you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe, we greatly appreciate you doing that. All right, Zach, let's take it to the first break. We, guys, Rafino's Rants, it's 2023, baby. Let's get it rolling. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures head on over to bet online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 that's believe 50 b-l-e-a-v five zero to receive your 50 percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit that's betonline.ag betonline.ag with over 65 years of experience nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM, Vardo, and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down on the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM, Vardo, and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9902. Tell me, good friend, Blake Graffino. Sit you on by. All right, let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Uh, don't forget, too, we did a show at 6 o'clock on the Rafino and Joe show. Go to our YouTube channel. Just type in Rafino and Joe and subscribe there as well. Mark on Facebook says, no emotions from Coach. Yeah, he's not going to show you many emotions. He's not at all. Brandon Reese says, I would rather talk football anyway. We're going to get to that to start off the show, I, I promise you. Justin said, the dude from the Washington Commanders, Brian Robinson, got shot two times and was back in a month. I think he got shot more than that, didn't he, guys? Producer, I think he got shot, what, three or four times, right? I think it was it was three. Zach saying it was three. I think he got shot twice in the – oh, he's saying four. Twice in the, twice in the thigh, I think one, one in the butt and like one in the hip, right? Something like that. But he said, but Michael Thomas has been out for two years with a damn turf toe. <laughs> if you look, let me let me just say this. Did y'all see y'all do know like turf toe is a serious thing. Like a dislocated toe can be a very serious thing. Did y'all see the thing with Dion 
and Shannon Sharp, the dislocated toe thing and whatever. That's crazy. But you're right. You're right. Um, Zach says, if my memory serves me, serves me correct, you got shot four times. Yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Aunt Marshall from the Golden Boot says, I remember when LSU fans argued me about Adam Miller. Look, we'll recap this game very quickly and then, and then talk football. They're a tough team to watch. You know, Matt McMahon had one player coming into this. Should they be a little bit more competitive? Maybe. But, again, when you're shooting 19 of 59 from the field, guys, they shot the ball 32% tonight. 32%. 17.9%. Let's just say 18% from three. Free throws weren't too terribly bad at 81%. But regardless, when you're shooting the ball that inefficiently and that ineffectively, you're not going to win many games. And I, I just hate to say it, they're just not a good team right now. I guess maybe the Arkansas game fooled us a little bit, but they're not playing as when they're not playing as a good team. You're, you know, when you're having that many turnovers, you have 16 turnovers, you're not going to do well. I mean, somebody besides K.J. Williams is going to have to score the basketball and KJ had an off night, but still went 8 of 20, had 23 points, had, uh, I think it was, what, seven total rebounds, one turnover. I, I, you're going to have to have more people that can give you more efficient looks, efficient points, get some more rebounds, get some more putbacks. Until then, this team's not going to be that good. They could be one of the, I don't want to say one of the worst teams in the SEC. I don't think that they're that bad. But they're not playing good. I mean, look, you you lost to a Kentucky team. If I'm not mistaken, Kentucky just got beat by South Carolina. And Tennessee beat South Carolina by 40 the other night. Kentucky's down. Maybe John Calipari does want to entertain that Texas job. Who knows? Who knows? But, look, it's going to be a long season as we transition through all of this. You know, we'll continue to talk some basketball. We got a long season. We still got January, February, March. And we'll, we'll get into that. But I do want to get into some. So as we get this thing rolling and get this show started, I do want to talk some football. So listen, last night, you all know what happened. LSU, I mean LSU, Georgia took on TCU. It wasn't a close game at all. Maybe you can say halfway through the first quarter when TCU hit the long bomb and they were able to score, made it a close game. They were down only 10-7. to 7. They got it close. But Georgia would come back and respond and wouldn't give up another point. Hell, the truth was, if you were paying attention, TCU wouldn't cross the 50-yard line again. Again. I know that it's painful for some LSU fans to think about that. But outside of the one-scoring drive, they got absolutely beat down. Stetson Bennett had a very fantastic night going 18 of 25, 300-plus yards, uh, six total touchdowns. And Georgia wins back-to-back national championships. But as good as they were, as good as a season that they had, guys, 15-0 is nothing to sneeze about. Go A team going 15-0 is absolutely nothing to sneeze about. It's nothing to ra- – I mean, you when you do something like that, there are the only second team in college football's history to go 15-0. You know the only other team, that obviously being 2019 LSU. It's impressive. Highly, highly impressive what they did. But I saw Georgia fans all the live long day talk about 2022 Georgia is better than LSU. Let's just get this out in the open and let's get this done with very quickly. No way on God's green planet and God's green earth is 2022 Georgia better than 2019 LSU. Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall, Thaddeus Smalls, Jamar Chase, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the entire offensive line, Derek Stingley, uh, 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 God, what's his, uh, uh, Christian Fulton, Grant Delpit, Patrick Queen, Jacob Phillips, Calavon Chesson. The list goes on and on and on. Hell, you can even throw Austin Deculus in there who just got drafted in this past draft. So many good pieces. But the one thing of why until there's a season, until there's a time when there's a quarterback that comes along and has more passing touchdowns, more total touchdowns, and eclipses the 65 total touchdown mark in the SEC and beats out Joe Burrow, 
There's not a team in college football's history that's going to be better than LSU. Seven, seven, count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven top 10 teams that they beat at the time that they played them. Starting off with Texas, going over to Alabama and clapping those cheeks. You go into the SEC championship game and Joe Burrow uses the Chris Berman whoop so many times in escaping pressure, throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson. You go up against Oklahoma. You put up 63 against him. Jefferson has four touchdowns. You go into the dome. Jamar Chase goes cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Kerry Vincent has an interception. The number one overall pick in the next, not that year's draft, the next year's draft, Trevor Lawrence would not have 50% completion. LSU ran the table. They would have dominated Georgia. Here's why. If J- if Jane Daniels, so here's what the crazy thing and the thing that we can talk about right now. Jane Daniels had 207 passing yards in the first half with a bum leg and a bum ankle against what somebody believe and some people want to tell me is one of the best teams in college football's history. Garrett Nussmeyer would come in in the second half and have over 300. And you mean to tell me on God's green planet that Joe Burrow wouldn't go out there against this Georgia team and eat him alive. Joe might have 300, 300 yards and three touchdowns, four touchdowns at half. Because with all due respect to Jane Daniels and with all due respect to Garrett Nussmeyer, they're not even remotely on the level of Joe Burrow. Stop. The good thing is, and the thing that I think is a little bit comical and a little bit fun and and great to be an LSU fan. So here's the good thing about this. The good thing about this is everybody wants to be like you. Everybody wants to be like that team. You got teams scoring touchdowns in the national championship three years removed, four years removed, I guess, to some extent, hitting the gritty when they score. Who invented that? Pooh, Zach, who invented the gritty? Who started the gritty? Was it LSU? Oh, my bad. I thought it was uh, uh, Bo and uh, Bo Bordelon's mom in the White House. <laughs> I digress. I digress. Everybody wants to be like Joe. Stetson Bennett, I think, is one of the be- – stay with me here. Joe uh, Stetson Bennett, in my opinion, is one of the better quarterbacks in college that we've seen. You don't win – and I think A.J. McCarron is as well. People hate me for that. But when you win back-to-back national championships, you go 15-0, and you're down 14 in the fourth qu- start of the fourth quarter, and you come back and you win that game, you got to give him a lot of credit. He's been a really good quarterback. 25 years old doesn't really matter to me. I, don't, I remember when I was growing up, nobody said anything about Chris Winkie, that ball-headed scallywhack who was legitimately out. Pooh, when's the last time you heard somebody say, bald-headed scallywack? ha, 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 ha. But Chris Winkie's ball-headed ass was out there at 28 years old winning a national title. Nobody said anything about that. Why are you saying something about Stetson? I, I, we were in the Twitter spaces last night, and I, I, kept, I, I kept saying this, and I kept thinking this. And Pooh Bear said something. I forget exactly what Pooh Bear said in the space, but it made me think about this. Man, how amazing is it when you watch this Georgia team, who's one of the best that we've seen, and now you have the team that LSU has. Now to transition into this year or this upcoming year, look at what LSU has offensively. Look, you can be a Jane Daniels guy. I think Jane Daniels is a really good quarterback. You can be a Garrett Nussmeyer guy. I think he's a really good quarterback. The good thing is, is that you have two guys that you feel comfort, somewhat comfort in one of them. But if Garrett can just do away with some of the turnovers – Guys, you could have a really good team. Everybody's returning. Now, Anthony Bradford, if you missed it, Anthony Bradford, before the, since the last time we did a show, entered the NFL draft. I don't really hate that. You just move over Emory Jones. And you insert Zalance Hurd. Sounds good to me. If Zalance is ready to be that dude, and Carter Bryant, who usually joins us on Mondays, spoke face-to-face and had a sit-down conversation with Salance Hurd. Go to his uh, YouTube channel, uh, the Power Hour LSU, if you want to watch that. But Zalance is okay with coming in and playing right tackle. Let him do it. If he's that, if he is that good and he's ready, let him do it. Guys, offensively, you're going to be really damn good. There's not a team in the SEC, stay with me here, 
There is not a team in the SEC that brings back more than you do. You bring back all your passing yards. You bring back Malik Neighbors, who was number one in the SEC in, in, in receptions at 75, number two in receiving yards. You bring back an offensive line that showed at times that they would continue to get better. You got Marlon Martinez, who's the backup center, who all he did was come in and do some really good things in the bowl game. You got a lot of momentum riding. You go into the, the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl, beat a team 63-7, to a lot like a reminiscence of when you got healthy and what Georgia just did to TCU. Now, I'm going to say something that a lot of people won't agree with, and I'm okay with saying it. Like, I am okay with saying this. I think if you put LSU on a neutral field with TCU, TCU is just in a big of a dogfight as any team that they played this year. I think the same thing for Tennessee. I think the same thing for Alabama. Hell, there's some there's some parts of me that would beg the question when you had teams at the end there that really could have made it a team a game with TCU. But regardless of that, in thinking about LSU, you return a lot of good things. Now, in case you miss it, LSU is going to continue and just added. And I know that some people said that the J.K. Johnson stuff's not official. Well, I mean, I, I, I've been pretty close to this situation, and he's made it very well known that the, the, the DB from Ohio State, the corner from Ohio State, has made it pretty well known that he's coming to LSU. He's changed his entire bio to say that he's coming to LSU. But LSU adds two more defensive backs and Deuce Chestnut, who in, who in 2021 was a freshman All-American, and J.K. Johnson, who I talked to a scout today and a, a former high school guy who said when they put a laser time on him, he ran a 4-3-7-40. LSU's rebuilding themselves, guys, and you're inching ever so closer to that 85 scholarship limit. And when LSU is able to do that, with the talent that they have, guys, they're dangerous. They're more than dangerous. There is a very specific, there is a very, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? There's a very strong and determined chance that you go into next season thinking, hey, man, if some things go our way, if some things go our way, we might win a natty. I'm serious. Alabama, what is, how is Alabama going to respond in the SEC West? Jimbo Fisher and A&M, what are they doing? What are they going to look like? I think, in my personal opinion, A&M with Bobby Petrino coming in as the offensive coordinator, I think they're the most interesting, interesting uh, teams in the SEC just because, man, either they're going to start picking things up and they're going to try to start getting back on track or Jimbo, like he's done the last three seasons, is going to go fall flat on his face. Because the truth is, 2022, 2021, they started in the AP Top 25, and they fell right off of it. Did y'all know that Jimbo Fisher was the only coach in SEC's history since the BCS and playoff era started to be in the be ranked in the top 10 in preseason to fall out of the AP Top 25 rankings ever? Who's going to compete with you in the West outside of Alabama? I will tell you that LSU starts off the season next year with a really good opponent. You got uh, Verse that's returning for Florida State. They add uh, the kid from South Carolina today, um, the outside DN linebacker. They added Braden Fisk. They've added some really good pieces. Guys, in week one, you're going to find out if you have the chance to win an ad. It feels a little LSU Oregon to me, Pooh. I, I know that me and you kind of talked about this. I think it was either me and you or me and Zach. It feels a little LSU-Oregon 2011 to me. Both teams returning quarterbacks. Both teams doing some things defensively, some new pieces. You got a, 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 a really young freshman guy that is looking to just blossom in his second year. And Tyron Matthew, now you look at Harold Perkins. You add a five-star defensive end of Deshaun Womack, who was a max press who got announced today as being a Max Preps All-American. And so did Jeremiah Hughes, man. This team is, <laughs> is becoming something serious. I have not, since 2019, I will be honest, I don't know if I've been this fired up this early for next season in a long time. Because you start looking at this team and there's not a lot of holes. 
there's really not a lot of holes. They add depth on the defensive line. And I'm going to tell you right here, sources. They're not done on the defensive line. They're going to continue to look. And the crazy thing is, when you go into spring practice, you still are going to have a time and a, and a, and a place where you can look for guys that are going to enter the transfer portal coming out of the end, out of the later part in spring. One thing that LSU needs is a linebacker. Now, I do have a theory on that. I don't like the theory. I don't think that this should happen. But sometimes actions speak louder than words. Is there a scenario where Matt House wants to move Harold Perkins in the middle? Because if you look at the issues that LSU's had defensively, defensive back, defensive line, what did they do in the portal? They went and got guys on the defensive line. They're not, I think Justin Rogers is a guy that I hope LSU really lands from Kentucky. They went out and got multiple guys, literally four distinct corners that can play for you right now. Why haven't they done that at linebacker if they're not moving Harold Perkins? Because I don't think West Weeks at the current moment is your answer inside the middle. I, I don't know that. Here's That is a theory that I have at the current moment. Just a theory that I have. Now, the backside of that argument and the, the part that I don't agree with in that, why would you do that? I think you need to let Harold, per Harold Perkins do what Harold Perkins has been doing. Let him come off the edge. Let him spy the quarterback. Let him be that Micah Parsons type of player. But look, Matt House knows more defense and more about defense than I probably ever will. So for that alone, maybe he sees something that I don't. But why aren't they attacking that position? It's a really interesting question. So if I, going into this offseason right now, I don't think that running back's an issue. I don't think quarterback's an issue. I don't think O-line is an issue. I don't think wide receiver's an issue. I don't think D-line now when you got all these pieces is an issue. I don't think corner or safety now is an issue. The only real issue that you might have is going to be linebacker and how do you respond on special teams. But, but the difference now in the special teams, I know that Poos had, I think, Jeremiah or Jeremiah's family. Guys, Jeremiah Hughes is a guy that might be, be able to go out on special teams and do some really good things, and he's not having to expand himself and do things on the defensive side. He can go out on special teams and be a really good player. You can give guys a rest defensively-wise. Something interesting to think about. All right, let's get to a couple comments. Uh, James Sell says, hashtag Blake, I guess ask Blake. Uh, final polls, well, the way that he spelled polls is like what you see at the stripper club. But <laughs> I got. <laughs> I try to come out of it. This man sped pulse. <laughs> All right. I mean, James, just letting you know, that's like what the strippers go up and down on. That's like, that's how you spell the lyrics on a T-Pay song. <laughs> he said TCU was gifted a number two slot. I agree. I agree. <laughs> oh, man. Why do we got to go to this comment next? But. I can't believe we, we got to do this. But Father Bear says, I agree. I hate the idea of Perkins going in the middle. Father, I, I mean, I, I'm i with you. I, I don't like the idea of Harold Perkins moving inside to the middle. But the question that I continue to come back to, now this is just an opinion. This isn't me like going out and reaching and talking to staff. or, But their actions are speaking louder than their words ever will. You've had issues. You had issues on the defensive line when it comes to depth. Makai Wingo uh, had more snaps at the defensive tackle position than anybody in college football because you didn't have the rotational pieces to be able to get him out of there and be able to be effective enough in the SEC to do something. 
You go out and get defensive linemen. Go out and get some interior defensive linemen and some edge presence. Then you don't have corners. I mean, you do have corners. You have JV and Tabiano that's coming in. You have, uh, we talked about him earlier, Jeremiah Hughes that's coming in. But you go out and you get Denver Harris. You get Zy Alexander. You get Deuce Chestnut. You get J.K. Johnson. So you attack that position. You already have a really good, talented safety room. Why haven't they attacked linebacker? Are they going to move Harold Perkins into the middle? Do I agree with that? No. There were times in the season where they tried to do that, and Harold did not do well. Go and look at the pro football focus stats. 8% effectiveness rate for Harold Perkins in the run game when he played in the middle. When he was on the edge, rushing the passer, setting the edge, or being a spy, he had a 98.9% efficiency rate. You're going to try to change his position when he's literally an All-American at the edge and setting the edge and rushing the passer. I don't like that. But what do I know? Like, what, what, meaning, like, what am I missing is what I should say. So I agree with Father Bear there. I don't like this Perkins stuff, if that is what they're going to do. Now, I could be dead wrong. Let me just be honest. I could be dead wrong. They might have a plan in place and do something that maybe I just don't see yet, haven't been told, haven't heard. I don't know. But outside of Greg Penn, you have another linebacker spot that's going to be a <laughs> – it's really much open for grabs, and if you don't address that, you're going to be rotating guys in and out really quickly. So, we'll see. C. Hardy on YouTube says, is Greg Penn that bad in the middle? No, but you have to have two middle backers, two guys in the middle in this 4-2-5, 3-2-5. Look, let's call it what it is. LSU's running a four-man front. Whether you want to call Harold Perkins a down lineman or not, when he's on the edge, nine times out of ten, he's going to rush. Gus is a former offensive lineman, as a guy that's played center, as a guy that's called protections. I don't care what Harold Perkins is doing. If I see Harold Perkins lined up on the edge, I'm going to count him from my position, from my point of view as a down lineman. It doesn't give two Rudy Poos to me, and I've said this on the show. We're almost close to 650 episodes since we've been back. I am going to, I've said this once, I've said it a thousand times. Harold Perkins is going to be, to, in my accounting, and what I would see, he's going to be a down lineman. So, I don't, I don't like him in the middle. I don't like it. I don't like it. Kenny on Facebook says, Bobby Petrino, do you mean evil Knievel? Yeah. He better brace himself. He better brace himself, man. You get what I'm saying there? Did y'all pick that up? All right, everybody hit the, hit the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups. We appreciate it. Uh, Tony says, Blake sounded like an old man. He said the stripper club. <laughs> I did. I did say the stripper club. Bound chicka wow wow. Brandon Reese says, Tissue would probably finish 7-5 and five with LSU scheduled. That's it's hard to it's hard to argue. I don't know if they go seven and five. Maybe they get to eight or nine wins. I mean, guys, they still play for a national title, but I don't think they get to nine wins. I'm with you. I'm with you. Rob Boudreaux said that's the only poll I care about. <laughs> with the stripper pole. Y'all need Jesus. All y'all in here need Jesus. Y'all need Jesus, man. Y'all need Jesus. Stefan says, our good friend over at uh, Fry Construction, give him a call today. Let me find this. There it is. Give him a call today at Fry Construction, site work and land development, waste containers, demolition, aggregate, and sole hauling. Go see him at 161 West Maple Street in Eunice, Louisiana. And let me just do this. We won't go to another commercial break, Zach. We'll just do it like this. And our good friends over at Synergy Resources, Synergy res LLC.net. Call my buddy Tully. You need pipes, hoses, fittings. They do it all. Let them know Blake sent you on by. And our good friends over at Wham Electric. Guys, I, I can't tell you how much of a peace of mind it is. With a licensed electrical contractor, when you have a generator at your house, the lights go out. It's a really, 
really big deal. So give Graham Electric a call today. Again, that's 985-241-8059. 985-241-8059. Let him know that Blake sent you on by. Okay. I saw some comments flying in. Ant Marshall says, could it be that Tolan entered the portal late, so they're just now um, executing their plan at linebacker? And I would th- I would throw this um, back out of, uh, back at out back at you. He didn't play in the bowl game, so I would assume that they've known hint hint wink wink for probably fifteen to twenty days. Now you could be right there, but there are linebackers in the portal. There are guys that played the middle before that they haven't even hosted. Like, you need another backer. Now, Craig asked, he said that our buddy Mike Scarborough said in Alexandria something about the way House runs defense, you don't need a, lineback- a lot of linebackers. The bullshit you don't. I love Mike Scarborough to death, but the bullshit you don't. Shit. Guys, they have four. One of them goes down. You're one injury away from having two scholarship linebackers. Bullshit. Olivia White says, hashtag ask Blake, do you think they are waiting for some of the Georgia players in the portal? God, I hope so. <laughs> uh, God, I hope so. Those guys can play. Those guys can really play. I mean, look, they got dudes, man. Like Bear Alexander, uh, 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 what's your boy? Um, God dog it. What's his name? The other freshman DT. They were rotating, bro. They were rotating defensive linemen in and out of there like freaking. Speaking of stripper clubs, more than strippers change their underpanties. I, I mean, th- ten different D line combinations in a national championship game is utterly, and I mean, utterly ridiculous. <laughs> it's filthy, man. It's filthy. Y'all know that y- y'all y'all know that that is. Holden Lee says, speaking of strip club, who remembers Scuttlebutts? Man, I I say one thing and y'all just Holden, you need a woman. <laughs> you flat out, you just need a woman. You need somebody to love on you, man. <laughs> Oh, God. Why am I such an asshole? Uh, Chad on Facebook says, let's talk some baseball. Omaha bust. Yeah, I I mean, you could say that. I mean, but look, Tennessee was a really good team a season ago, and they didn't make it to Omaha. I I mean, is it a bust? I mean, maybe... Maybe you can say that, but it's it, it it's tough, man. It's tough. It's tough, D- guys. I'm gonna send y'all something right quick. I want y'all to I want y'all to bring this up for me if y'all can. I just sent it in the AYS group. Can y'all can y'all bring that tweet up? Did y'all see this today? Uh, so I'll get. I don't know who this person is, but the Rick one one zero four one. Said LSU. Talk about LSU on a four-year rotation looks pretty. Always looks pretty promising. Let me know when y'all when y'all can get that and get that up. But I just sent it in the group. So LSU in two thousand three champs, two thousand seven champs, two thousand elevens they were runner up. Two thousand fifteen, man, that that was on less. Two thousand nineteen they were the champs. Twenty twenty three. So LSU. So here's the tweet right here. That's pretty interesting. That's pretty that's pretty interesting. Maybe they do. Maybe they, Oh, look at Zach figuring it out. The control plus sign. Look at him. He's growing up to be a man. He's got chest hair. <laughs> He's growing some chest hairs. Look at producer Zach doing this thing. But that's an interesting that's a very interesting tweet. So 2000, if you're looking on the screen, to anybody listening on radio or podcast, so LSU wins the Natty in 03, wins in 07, runners-up in 11, 15 was a wash, 19 the champs, 2023, what's going to happen? That's pretty interesting, man. I got to give 
whoever that is. I got to give him that. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good looking. Uh, Father Abear says, hashtag Ashley, it's time. What's your starting lineup on the diamond? Man, Father Abear, I don't. I have no idea. Here's the only thing that I know. Trey Morgan, Dylan Cruz, Paul Skeens, uh, Tommy Tanks, Jordan Tom, uh, Jordan, uh, uh, um, not Jordan Thomas, Jordan Thompson. Um, probably, I would, I guess, maybe Gavin Gidry at short. Uh, Gavin Duga. I think Klein, Klein's going to get in there. Clean Klein, however you say his last name, I think he's going to get in there. Um, but I think one to seven though, I mean, they might be the best lineup in the, in the country one through seven though. We'll see. I mean, Paul Skeens is a dude too, man. People continue to forget about him. Roderick Duga says, Blake, Arkansas lineman came to work today. He's from Opelousa's dude is huge. Gotta be six, seven, but slim big man. All right. Send me his name. Brandon Reese said, TCU look way undersized against Georgia. Well, most teams that don't play in the SEC look very um, undersized uh, against SEC opponents. Look, I get labeled as an SEC homer, and, and I understand that, right? Like, I understand that I get labeled an SEC homer a lot. It, it, it is what it is, I, you know. <sighs> You're just you're you're just gonna get labeled that, right? Sometimes, but because maybe because I just defend the SEC a lot, but I don't I don't see I don't think that I am. Like I don't feel like I am. When you have so of the last sixteen champions, of the last sixteen champions, and I'll throw Clemson in this because they're in the Southeast. Fifteen of the last sixteen champions are from the Southeast. So you can call me a homer all the live long day. You can say that Blake's using SEC bias. You can, whatever you, that it is that you want to say, you can use it. And, and so there comes a point in time, there comes a reason when I say, or I just feel as if sometimes teams having two losses is not the same in the SEC as a team like TCU winning are having one loss and making a playoff. It just isn't. So I know people keep saying, like, maybe I'm, you know, biased toward the SEC. It is what it is. But I made this analogy today. I don't know how good it is, but it was, it was good in my head. Act like you have two salespeople, okay? One salesperson works for a Fortune 50 company. Fortune 100 company. And this sale person that works for a Fortune 100 company is top three in sales in his, in, 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 for the employer that he works for. Making a million dollars worth of sales, killing it, but he's not the number one dude in, in, in his company. He's number three. Then you have a guy that's over on the right, another salesperson that works for a Fortune 500 company. He's not making a million dollars worth of sales. He's making $250,000, $300,000 worth of sales, but he's number one in his company's uh, sales report. Both of them work in the same type of sales industry. Which guy is more effective? What, what company is more effective? What guy is more effective? So even though this guy over here is number three and this guy over here is number one, doesn't really matter to me. I don't know if that's a good analogy, but it makes sense in my head. I don't know, guys. Is that a decent analogy or a shitty analogy? Pooh Bear's shaking his head like, no, it's a bad analogy. <laughs> but he doesn't agree with me anyway. Uh, Chad says, three three five against Georgia. You're going to look small because you are. It's true. It's true. But just very quickly to get back to that, just – you can think that I am what I am, but maybe I am. Um, Zach comes up with us, I guess. Zach, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think Pearson's going to play left. Pearson didn't play left during the off season. Pearson played right all season. So if you're going to move, if you're going to put Kling and you're going to put Stevenson, you're going to have to switch the outfield. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But he's got Pearson left, Cruz center. 
Stevenson clinging right. Tanks at third. God, he's going to – I hope – man, that, that poor young kid, he's had, he struggled in the offseason. Thompson and Gidry at short. Well, see, this is what they've been doing. They had been putting uh, uh, Thompson at third and Gidry at short and letting Tanks rotate in at first, but they got a lot of different uh, scenarios there. Dugas and Gidry at second. First is Trey Morgan. Trey was actually playing some left this offseason. We'll see how that transpires. Um – Catcher, he says, Travinsky, Neil, I don't think, um, Zach, I don't think Travinsky is going to start. I think that um, Malazzo is going to get a, probably the first look. And DH, he says, Joe Bear Beloso, well, you're missing skeins. Um, oh, he says, this is my guesses. But just to piggyback off of him, if you're, if you're wanting to um, – if you're wanting to know the, but Skeens is going to DH though. I mean, when the nights he's not pitching or the days he's not pitching, he's gonna he's gonna DH. So, but what do you do with Joe Bear? Does Joe Bear play a little outfield? But he was been he was so bad. Lamar Williams says, "Blake, what the fuck was that about? Or what the fuck was that?" <laughs> but you you get what I'm saying though. Pressure two losses in the SEC does not is not the same as having one loss in the Big Twelve. You know, everybody about, you know, I got in an argument with a Texas media guy today. And he's like, oh, the, 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 the SEC schedule is weak as shit. Brother, you're playing a very weak schedule. You can't even win your own conference. If you can't win your own conference and you're out here saying that you think that you're elite because you only beat, only lost to Alabama by one, sounds good. You got, at some point, you got to win the freaking game. One loss in the Big 12 does not equate, does not equate to two losses in the SEC. I'm sorry. And you won't like you won't like that. You won't like me saying this. That goes for Bama. That goes for Tennessee. If LSU would have remained and had the two losses, okay? When LSU let's play the hypothetical game for just a minute. Just a quick minute. LSU had two losses, one to Florida State and one to Tennessee. If they would have beaten AM and beaten Georgia, you would have rally cried your way to say LSU deserves to be in for over TCU, even though TCU lost in the Big 12 championship game. Let's not let's not play that game. Let's not play that game. Robert says, is LSU looking at Oklahoma linebacker? Yeah, I can't say that young man's <laughs> name. But Lamar says, but your analogy was terrible. It's not terrible. I might just not be articulating it well. One guy works for a Fortune 5 or a elite company. He's number three in his company in sales. He makes millions of dollars. TCU in the Big 12 is a Fortune 1,000 company. That conference is ass. The team has been ass at times. Come on, dude. You know, and I know that TCU does not have the talent base. Then, like, what would their what would their equivalent be in talent base in the SEC? And then I made this. I, I, we talked about this today too on the Rafino and Joe show. It's hard for me to look at these other conferences and defend them with any type of certainty. Any type of certainty. Maybe Ole Miss is a good one. But any type of certainty when Utah is the Pac-12 champion and goes to Florida and loses in the opening game against a six and seven Florida team. Which, by the way, are y'all have y'all seen this Jaden Rashada shit? Mm. Mm. Going nuclear. Craig Duncan says Tennessee linebacker Jawan Mitchell is in the portal too. Yeah, he sure is. They're going to have to go and look for a uh, look for a backer, man. They're going to have to go and look for a backer. Just going to have to, man. I don't know how anybody else feels, but that's how I feel. That's how I feel. The Texas kid, yeah, the Texas kid. Uh, look, so I put that on the message board today. I mean, it's getting kind of late, so I'm getting a little, uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Um, but, yeah. Mm -hmm. Ovi. 
But Ovi was a little bit of a pass rusher too, so I don't know how much he he would play in the middle. But he is an option. He isn't. Definitely is an option. Holden Lee says Napier's in trouble. Thumbs up in the chat. Do y'all think do y'all think Billy Napier's in trouble? Producers, do y'all think Billy Napier's in trouble? Like if Jaden Rashada doesn't show up on campus, do y'all think that he's in trouble? Look, I don't dislike Billy Napier at all. I think Billy got a bad rap from some LSU fans because he really wanted the LSU job. Some people in the media were pushing him to this job. He didn't get interviewed, didn't get the job. He goes to Florida, and a lot of LSU fans get pissy and all this kind of stuff, you know, because you got Gilbo out there talking shit. And, yeah, I, whoever said this, somebody, one of the he's in over his head big time. I think he is in over his head. I mean, it, Jane Rashada, the five-star quarterback, they, they put an NIL deal apparently or allegedly out there for him, and he apparently hadn't gotten his money, and so he's not showing up early to campus. And the last thing that he's put on social media was, God, it's in your hands. It's not good for, it's not good for Billy, man. It's really not going good for, for Billy. And then the taste in that fan base's mouth, Paul's, but the, 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 the taste in their mouth has got to be extremely sour. For Florida to be in a situation where one of the last games that you played in your season was to uh, Vanderbilt and you lose. Man. Man. Guys, they lost to Vandy. To Vandy. Vandy had one, what, guys, what, one SEC win all year against Florida? Uh, Rob Boudreaux says, Hanny was not pushing Billy. LOL. Yeah, he, I'm not pushing Napier. <laughs> I'm not pushing Napier. It's true. He wasn't. He wasn't. But when you can get a dude like Brian Kelly over Billy Napier, you take Brian Kelly 10 times out of 10. It's not a shot at Billy. Billy is just in over his head, and I think that he know. I think that there's parts of him that knows it. You can't cut players loose at the rate that he's doing and think that it's not going to affect you. If you're going to cut that many players loose, you got to hit the portal and get 20, 21, 22 type dudes. You got to go Dion on it. You got to go, uh, God, who's the guy? USC. Lincoln Riley. You got to go Lincoln Riley. You got to go Sonny Dykes. You, you got to get a crap load of dudes if that's how you're going to react to it, and you're going to cut a lot of players. Now, they got an offensive lineman from Baylor today, but, you know, they're they're getting out-recruited. They they can't even win re recruiting battles in their own conference. They were, recruiting, they were recruiting the kid, I think it was from what, East Carolina? The kid, the center from East Carolina is going to Auburn, Florida and Auburn are going head-to-head -head right at it, and Florida loses to Hugh Freeze and Auburn. I hate it for Billy, man. I really do. I mean, he did some good things at ULL, but... But, yeah. Oh, Lord. Boogie Season says, Hashtag Ask Blake. Jaden is pulling the Lamar. Tell, tell him to give me my money. Oh, Rashada. Yeah, maybe he is. But I don't know if that's a if that's a Lamar. I mean Lamar I mean Lamar played and got hurt, unfortunately. But let me I, I hate to say this about a kid that's uh, in high school, but Jane Rashada I mean, guys, if if you followed that, like Miami went there, you know. It got reported they're giving him $7 million to go to Miami. Then he decommits. He goes to Florida. They're giving him $8 million, which isn't true. They were never giving him that amount of money. And now he's not showing up to campus. I, I mean, it seems a little like, you know, do you take a kid like that? Uh, Darren says Dykes is in year two. Sonny Dykes isn't in year two. I mean, I guess if you're talking about this upcoming season, right? He's in season one. Gary Patterson was last year. Guys, am I wrong with that? I didn't think I was. Maybe I, I thought I went in a coma and didn't wake up. <laughs> uh, Brandon Reese says, BK having the season that he had in year one puts more pressure on Napier and Jimbo Fisher. It's true. 
It's true. Holden Lee says, I'd like to know the turnover ratio they have for players lost. They lost a lot of good kids to the portal and draft, but haven't had much coming in to replace what they lost. No, they, they, they don't. They don't. At all. At all. Uh, Lamar Williams, big pressure in the building. You heard me. My G-Nikes. Says, <laughs> says G5 hire is the equivalent of a 16-year-old going from a learning permit to a Class A CDL in a few months. I like that. I like that analogy. I like that analogy. It's true. It's true. So basically what you're telling me is it's like Chris. <laughs> 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 oh god yeah i thought i was right about slinny dykes bro i wanted to say this i'm actually gonna say uh, poo or zach can y'all do me a favor and we'll end the show on this one can y'all pull up the the photo i think on three or somebody did it the sunny dykes comments god bless it who just put pressure is greater than Blake? That's got to be Zach. Pooh Bear would never. Sonny Dykes last night got exactly what he what he was dealt. Like he he deserved. He deserved every bit of what he got last night. So in case you missed it, Sonny Dykes. What was it, guys? During media availabilities, came out and said, "Well, if the SEC played a night or played a ninth conference game, maybe they would have more losses like the Big Twelve and the other conferences do, like the Big Ten, and Pac twelve, and and us here in the in, in the Big Twelve. And all that happened, all that happened, was that Sonny Dykes got beat by fifty eight points in a national title game. When you start talking that shit." You better be able to back it up. When you start talking that shit, you be you better be able to back it up. Sonny Dykes talked that shit, tried to walk the walk, and got his ass popped. Really and truthfully, really and truthfully, I was rooting for Georgia to run it up on their ass. Because when you talk that shit and you're not prepared and your team's not as good as you think they are, run that thing up. It's like your boy in Remember the Titans. It says, leave no doubt, Herman. Run it up. Leave no doubt. Al Landry says the cheeks got clapped with no pause. Absolutely no pause. Absolutely no pause. All night long. All night long. Could I clap, could I clap, could I, you know, clapping sound like a damn Clydesdale running on concrete. Uh, Pressure says Dykes likes to talk that ish. Yeah. Uh, Stat Dub says, Blake, did you take the over? If you missed it on Twitter yesterday, I asked, should I take over the 63 and a half? <laughs> and Georgia did it by themselves, believe it or not, I which is crazy. No, I did not. What I did last yesterday was, I will be candid, I put 400 on Georgia on just on the money line. I didn't know, you know, I got a little nervous, a lot of money. Cashed out, maybe. Cashed out. Cashed out. Um, Tony says on YouTube, I would love to see the staff give linebacker Terrence Lewis a chance. <sighs> Tony. Mm. <sighs> Trying to pull up his stats. Here we go. UCF. Yeah, we'll see. I can't get his stats, though, Tony. I'll have to pull it up later. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Graziano on Facebook says, No, he got that shade cat clapped on. Meow. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> 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 oh, man. 
All right, a couple more. We're getting out of here. Brandon Reese says, "Ask Blake, what do you think of TCU's record would be with LSU's twenty twenty two schedule?" He says, seven and five at best. I think they go eight and four." Uh, Travis Banks says, "Sonny had a less miles brain fart last night. No creativity on offense. Well, and his quarterback was hurt. Quarterback was hurt." All right, guys, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll be guessing up. We'll try to get Carter the Power Brian in here, and we'll. Uh, I think we'll we'll duel it up. I think we'll go. We'll do go two guests tomorrow, maybe go a little extended. Till then, we'll see y'all soon. Y'all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts.